Hello there. Don't be alarmed. We're just preparing your listening device for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. We do this, of course, by filling the radio with water. Don't worry. We're professionals. Thanks to me, you won't even get wet. You see, I've crammed every appendage of my body into the cracks and crevices of your radio, ensuring an airtight seal. By the way, don't touch your on-off knob. That's a very sensitive area. Anyway, I should remind you, we believe in the buddy system just like diving, so don't listen alone. Call your buddy and tell them that Scuba Radio is about to begin. We're going to start a new life under the sea. So, uh, am I going to drown? Of course not. Just stay calm and let the gentle currents relax your every muscle. Under the sea. Under the sea. Did it just get warmer? There'll be no accusations. Just friendly crustaceans under the sea. Where the hell are the sharks? And now, here's your dive guide for Scuba Radio, Greg the Dive Master. And welcome. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. We're going to kick off today's uh, show by connecting with our old friend Roz from the UK. Uh, you know, put those two tin cans and a string together, stretch them clear across the pond, and find out what's been up with her. It's been too long since we've had her on Scuba Radio, so I figured... Today would be a great day to do just that. Roz, how are you? What are you doing? I'm, I'm very well, Greg. Thanks for asking. Yeah. And, um, I guess you're still alive kicking and with us. Yes. Well, okay. I'm still alive. I'm kicking. We've been doing our thing and uh, just, you know, we've been focused a lot on local diving and things like that because we can't travel around as much. But that's starting to change. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm sure you are too, right? Yeah, local diving is doing um, is kicking off quite nicely in the UK, and um, I'm hoping to go local diving soon. Well, local technically, because I'm going up to Shetlands to dive, which is a, a bunch of islands above Orkney in Scotland. Yeah. So I've um, never been there before, and looking forward to going. But I assume it's cold, dark, and type of, type of diving. Just knowing what you kind of like to do, or is it? Um, it's going to be cold and light because uh, we're going to be on long summer days when the sun hardly ever sets. Hmm. Um, so we're we're up we're way up north. So, um, but it is going to be temperate water diving, and yeah. we're diving remote islands, which is quite exciting. Okay, so I mean, we're talking about like uh, rebreather stuff you're going to be doing in dry suits or what? Or uh, no? Dry suits definitely, and yeah. probably must been set because I've just, as you said. I've, we've, none of us have been in more water for a long period of time. Yeah. And I just need to get in the water and do some diving. What, what kind of critters are you going to see on a dive like that? I don't know, but apparently they've got orcas up there at the moment. Oh, really? Nice. That'll be cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there you go. You can uh, go do that and give us a report, and hopefully uh, you'll see the orcas. Go that dive with the killer whales. That would be sweet. Have you done that before? Have you been in the water with killer whales no. before? No. Never. You haven't? No. Yeah. yeah. Are, do you have any concerns about that? Because, you know, they are called killer whales. They're just badly marked. <laughs> they look like underwater pandas, don't yeah, they? Yeah, well, they do. They're they're part of the dolphin family. But I, I'll i never forget. It was Peter Hughes who, who told me this years ago, and I asked him he, after he had just come back from a trip diving or, or snorkeling with a pod of killer whales. And I was like, wow. And I said, what went through your mind when you're in the in the water with them? It must have been magical. He goes, well, you know, Greg, the first thing I thought is that they are killer whales. <laughs> so he had that little trepidation, uh, you know, a, a moment of, of thought that, uh, I don't know if I'm in the right place right now. And, uh, you know, so, 
but but they didn't harm him of course and they they kind of had fun and and he kind of swam along them and it was a magical uh, magical experience but uh but yeah if they wanted to get you they could i guess you know yeah you don't watch that movie orca before you go up there and dive with them okay Thanks, Greg. I yeah. shall take that as one advisement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, cozy up next to the fire with a good book. Like this uh, one that you've been reading. I know it just got released about the Thai rescue. What can you tell us about that? Right. So um, the key players in the Thai cave rescue have all been scribbling like fury. Mm-hmm. And uh, Craig Challenge and Richard Harry Harris released a book on the rescue. And Rick's. Eric Stanton's doing one, and John Valanthem's done one. And I've got John's book on my desk, Yeah, and it was published on the 1st of June. Okay. And it was 13 lessons that have saved 13 lives. Uh, and it's, it's a brilliant book. It's very well written, and he applies um, everyday common sense um, and um, practical advice in with what really happened. Yeah. Um, and it's a very gripping book. I bet. Well, I mean, just the story itself was uh, a fascinating story of a triumph because they rescued all the kids and, and everything from the that, that Thai cave. So he was part of that team that rescued the keys uh, kids, and now he's yeah, written he, his own book on this. Yeah, he his voice echoed around the world, Greg, because um, – he and Rick found the boys, I think, on the 30th of June. Yeah. And he was the voice which was saying, how many How many of there are you? 13, brilliant. Hmm. And he shot the footage as well. Oh, okay. Um, of All the right. boys that went around the world. And John is, I've known John a while. Yeah. Um, I can't remember him coming into my life. It's always seemed that I've known him for years, but I know I haven't. And he's very quiet um, and quite conservative. Um, I don't mean politics right you mean he's quiet he keeps to himself he's not uh you know he's not a loud loud mouth like me or something um he's yeah certainly quieter than you greg okay and right he's you know he's a very quiet thoughtful man mm-hmm. who enjoys his caving and who enjoys his cave diving and he doesn't have an ego and he's quite a sweetheart um and he does stuff with the scouts um and um He's a he's a good person to have around. Yeah. Now, did you talk to him uh, personally about this uh, story and, and as he was writing the book? Because I know you're no, connected to those I, guys. I didn't talk to him whilst he was writing the book, but yes, I have spoken to him on and off. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's 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 just been interesting seeing what's in John's brain and what he thinks about it all. Right. Did he feel uh, that he had a need to write this book since he was so close to the story or was he kind of pushed? Cause you said he, he kind of, he's, he's kind of a modest fellow, right? Um, I think that he, he felt that he, he ought to just put something down on paper. There, there would have been no, put, uh, you cannot push John. Yeah. He is definitely his own man. Got it. Okay. Well, and he was right there. He was the one who knows the truth. I'm sure he he probably watched a lot of news reports and was like, "Well, that's not exactly right. I better I better set this set the record straight." Correct. Or kind of thing, right? I don't think so. No. What? You don't no. think you think everybody got the, the his story correct and he just wanted to add more detail or what? Uh, I think he just wanted to tell his side of the story. Yeah. Okay. All right. So he, he he had no problem with the way everything was being reported about the incident. I cannot say either way. Yeah. 
But uh, but now we know regardless because he's written now this book. From his point of view, what happened. So the, the book is 13 Lessons and 13 yeah. Lives. Is that what you said? 13 Lessons that Saved 13 Lives. That saved. Okay. Right. I mean, it's, it's a book that anybody could read, whether you're a diver or a non-diver. But if you're, an, if you're a diver, there's certainly some good advice that you can apply to your own diving. And it doesn't matter whether you've just done your first um, lesson or whether you're a, an ardent, passionate diver, or even if you're a dive professional. Right. There's stuff in here that you can take away and you can add into your own diving um, to improve your own diving. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's like anything, you know, whether you get into cave diving and the extreme type of stuff that they probably had to encounter, you could still apply that to everyday diving. Like, oh, I never thought about that. Okay, I, I could, you know, you kind of file it away and just add it to to your memory banks to to make you a better diver, No, no matter what type of diving you do, I guess, right? Yeah. There you go. Uh, what, what are some of the tips? Can you share a few without giving away too much? We want people to go get the book, obviously, but what have you seen so far that kind of stood out to you? Right. Well, Greg, you'll know this. You know that you're doing something and you've got a voice in the back of your head mm-hmm. and it's muttering things to you and it's a quiet voice and it says things to you. And generally, if you ignore your quiet voice, you can end up in a world of hurt and you go, I should have listened to that voice. Right. And he he writes about listen to your quiet voice, listen for the warnings, and learn your own personal cues. Know when to stop. Uh, lose a battle to win the war. Okay. Well, now that is that is strange because I have always been told to ignore the voices in my head. Uh, but you're telling me that he thinks you should, or is this a totally different thing in philosophy that I'm hearing from you? Um. Oh, Greg, you always get lots of voices in your head. That's right. You have a quiet, rational one in the background. Okay, you got to differentiate the the good ones from the bad ones. That makes sense. Well, I kid. I about, of made a bad decision. This was a bad life decision, and I didn't listen to the voice in my head. And my voice in my head said, "No, don't do that. That will be daft. That will cause you real problems." Was that about talking to me today? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Um, don't even go there. And I went <laughs> against the voice, and yeah. I actually thought I ought to do the right thing and do something else instead. And I went ahead and did it. And, yes, it was right. It did cause me a world of hurt, and I should have listened to the quiet voice. Okay. You just have to differentiate these uh, these voices in your head. It's all good here on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. We have Roz from the U.K., and we got more with her next. Stay close. is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. Need an escape from reality for a while? Your favorite scuba action star, Mike Scott, is back in an all-new audiobook, Cayman Cowboys, Reefs Under Pressure. From the brilliant mind of author Eric Douglas comes the thriller that started it all. Listen as Mike unravels the death of a girl, the protest of new development, and the systemic destruction of coral reefs, all against the stunning backdrop of Grand Cayman Island. This one's got it all. Submarines, kidnapping, betrayal, and more. He didn't even have fins or a mask to let him see in the water. He was going to be slow and blind. If it weren't for the float, he knew there would be no way he would ever make it to the surface. When he was ready and completely relaxed, he wrapped his arms through the straps of the sea cushion and gently slid into the water. Dive back into adventure with Cayman Cowboys. Also available, Oil and Water, Return to Cayman, Turks and Chaos, and Lionfish. Download all five audiobooks now at Amazon, booksbyeric.com, or audible.com. 
Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top down at Explorer Ventures Liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explorer Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explorer Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explorer Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explorer Ventures liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had. It just doesn't get any better. Save the St. Kitts, Turks and Caicos, the Galapagos, Maldives, Indonesia, humpback whales, and the Silver Banks. New destinations and itineraries are being added all the time. Call one of their talented travel consultants to find the Explorer Ventures liveaboard experience that's just right for you. 1-800-322-3577. That's 1-800-322-3577. Or visit ExploreVentures.com. That's ExploreVentures.com. Surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. She loves to dive, dive, dive. She loves to dive, dive, dive. She loves to dive, 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 dive. I think you found your love. Cause you can go diving today It's you I'm jealous of How did you end up this way She said she loves to And you know we think that's rad Yes, she loves to And you know we are so glad She said she heard this show it almost blew her mind Called Scuba Radio The first show of its kind She says she loves to And you know we think that's rad Yes, she loves to And you know we are so glad Woo! She loves to You know you should be glad For a dive like that You know you should be glad For a dive like that You know we are So glad This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. This was for Roz from the UK, that little ditty. Uh, I don't know if we should uh, apologize or hope you liked it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. It's the first time I've heard this. Really? I think it's okay. Well, there brilliant. you go. Brilliant. Oh, well, it's a first for everything. I, I thought for sure I had to apologize, but I'm glad you loved it. It was just for you, Roz. Our it correspondent really from the Beatles, UK. What's that? Say it again. It's the Beatles, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little spin on the Beatles, right? And you know, she's in that uh, part of the world, so I figured she she would connect with it, and evidently she did. That's good. I love it. First compliment on that song we ever received. 
<laughs> oh, it's did I? Uh, Roz is uh, tone deaf, by the way, right, Roz? Yes, dear. Okay. <laughs> we'll just leave it nicely, at that. It segues nicely into what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Because the Beatles are from a Liverpudlian area in the UK. Okay. And I'm about to tell you about a maritime historian who's just died. Okay. And he lived around the Liverpool area at one point his name was eric grove uh-huh. um and he was um a much distinguished naval historian author and lecturer and he died um a few weeks ago okay um so you're probably going who never heard of him and well, I why, haven't, why, yeah. why should i know about him well if you watch any of the maritime documentaries if they're worth their salt eric will be on it hmm. um we've got things like drain the oceans i worked with him on the deep sea detective series oh okay um, and he was one of the talking heads um and he talked about the elizabethan era so from queen elizabeth the first of queen elizabeth second and he was equally at home talking about um venereal disease in sailors in the 1600s as he was talking about um current submarine strategy and warfare huh how um, that segue go <laughs> so, so, so his, 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 his um maritime historic knowledge was immense it was encyclopedic hmm. all right um, all right and so if people are watching any uh military documentaries or naval documentaries and they see he's on then it's worth listening to him because he he really does know his stuff okay Absolutely. and so his name again was so we can i'm gonna write eric this down grove. eric grove okay passed away but uh, look for his name on a lot of these documentaries and you'll know who we're talking about and i'm sure you, you knew him personally so uh our condolences to you and his family of course but uh but but it just means that if you see his name on stuff it's probably a, a pretty heavy duty documentary they got their they got all their ducks in a row and got it right. Yes, but he was he was a brilliant educator. Mm-hmm. He was so fantastic. He could bring stuff alive and he would put it into context as well. He'd say, right, now remember at this time, da-da-da, when he was explaining stuff. So people knew how the um, equipment or how the boat or how the battle was relevant. And he was able to examine this naval warfare both strategically and tactically. Um, I can send you a link to an obituary I did, so you can stick it on my Scuba Radio Facebook page if you like. I will do that uh, uh, promptly. Yeah, please do. But he's not boring to listen to. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll definitely look it up. Uh, Eric? Grove. Eric Grove. Okay, got it. All right, good. Well, we will uh, definitely check that out for sure. Now, I know you've been doing some other stuff uh, lately with, like, uh, well, I mean, these... uh, Bracenet folks that we talked to at the boot show a couple years ago. Uh, yes, y- you've no, been... they've been very good because they've just given Ghost Diving UK, sorry, yeah, yeah, Ghost Diving UK a grant. And we've got a new chapter established in the UK for ghost diving. Ghost Diving, as you know, was established by um, Pascal Van Erp, a tall, do- tall Dutchman. Mm-hmm. And they've got a number of chapters around the world say new zealand egypt and korea and these guys will go down and they will recover lost and snagged or entangled fishing gear or ghost fishing gear and they bring it up and pascal's been clever because he's arranged for all this equipment all this um, material to be properly recycled so it's cleaned it's respun into new material and the folks that people like fourth element they use it in their ocean positive range in their mm. swimwear in the rash guards that okay. kind of thing Right. So we've now got a new chapter in the UK that's just been launched and Bracenet have given them um, 
given healthy seas uh, a grant and healthy seas has given that on to um ghost diving uk and we've also got ghost diving germany launched and they too have had a grant as well that's awesome yeah you know this brace net thing uh just uh, to clarify if, if people don't know um they they basically took you know ghost net fishing gear that people salvaged like you and your group and then they yep. turned them into these little bracelets. And I have one right here in the Scuba Radio studio that I picked up in Germany when we were at the boot show. And I love it. It's a cool little thing. It's like one of those little, you know, rope type uh, bracelets that people wear on their on their arms and stuff uh, to remind them of different things. And they got all types of colors and things. But this, you know, like I said, every sale of it goes to, uh, you know, funding projects like to get more of that ghost fishing net out of the oceans, right? There are some environmental, um, well, so-called environmental bracelets out there that um, say that for every bracelet you buy, then you manage to pull so much rubbish out of a sea. Mm-hmm. Um, but they haven't been exactly transparent about um, this at all. Um, and um, with Bracenet, it is absolutely transparent. You can see where the grants are, how much they are, where they're going, and how much um tonnage is being pulled out of the sea right and so if divers are keen on buying an environmental bracelet that will help clean up the oceans yeah well just google it brace net is uh yeah is the name of this product and of course you know fourth elements making their wetsuits out of it and stuff that's just awesome Roz from the uk is our guest a bit more with her next stay close This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master Roz from the UK with us for just a couple more minutes as uh, we are connected uh, across the pond uh, talking about uh, Bracenet, talking about a new book about the Thai rescue. And uh, you have some news on the, what, the Dan Rolex uh, Diver of the Year has just been announced. Is that the case, Roz? Yes, it has. Previous um, um, award winners of this include um, Dr. Simon Mitchell. And right. this year it is also a, a, another doctor, and it's Dr. Richard Moon. Okay. Now, um, he is hugely respected. He's a professor of anesthesiology at the Duke University. And He's the medical director of the Duke Centre of Hyperbaric Medicine and Environmental Physiology. Now, both um, the late um, Dr. Richard Van and Dr. Neil Pollock worked with Richard Moon. I had the opportunity of meeting him. And um, so I'm aware of just how much research he's done into the effects of decompression sickness. And he's worked with um, NASA and people like that. And I'm delighted that he's actually received this award it's good recognition for a man who has done a lot of research is credible 
um and um it's nice to see him acknowledged like this yeah well his work is basically making it safer to die for all of us and the fact that he's done all this uh, research and work with those other big names like dr van i mean he was just a remarkable person uh, as well dedicating their life to to finding out you know what will make it safer for us to go underwater what are the limits that we can uh, test and the limits that we should not test uh, so we can dive and enjoy our passion for diving and uh, make it as safe as possible i love it so congratulations to him he gets a nice fancy rolex watch i assume among all the accolades from folks like us right yeah good stuff i love it roz you make us just a little bit smarter every time we talk to you i love it oh bless you dear all right well you take care we'll talk to you again soon okay Okay, Greg. We got more coming up on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. This is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. So, um, do you snorkel? Oh, never. Snorkeling's an invasion of fish privacy. Mm, Yes, which is why I always yell, are you decent, before I jump in the water. When I snorkel in the ocean, all the fishes look much bigger. Then they do saute on my dinner plates. Life so cruel in the air I could stay underwater forever Following their bubbles all day long Is it a classic? Smash or trash? I don't know. But it's on uh, the world's first radio show devoted to diving because they had a reference to snorkeling and diving and all that kind of stuff. Uh, They they can't all be uh, number one with a bullet. I don't know. I'll just leave it at that, and you can make your own judgment. I am Greg the Dive Master. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Uh, it was great catching up with Roz from the UK, but we've brought in the you know some members of the Scuba Radio Scuba Squad to catch up. Uh, Jerry the Diver Guy, Casey the Tobacco What's Nut, yeah, and uh, even Pete from Scuba Board with us to catch up a little bit. And uh, you know, I haven't chatted with uh, Pete uh, in a, in a while um, because you know. Well, I don't know. He's just been in his little bubble out there, diving the caves of, of Central Florida and things like that. Uh, and, Greg? Yeah, yeah, Pete? Rebreathers don't bubble. Well, okay. All right. Yeah, Greg. That's true. He is a rebreather kind of guy. He likes doing that type of uh, cave diving. Depends uh, on which end's bubbling. Hello. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I... That's I, the jet propulsion. Okay, he, he that can throw off your whole buoyancy. He has a built-in scuba jet. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say where he where he mounts it. He's got a but, uh, <laughs> I am one fart smeller. Okay. So anyway, uh, Pete's been kind of busy. I haven't been able to be on, be on the show that much lately, so I figured it's a good time to catch up. But he, he's actually on the rebound, and uh, him and Casey are kind of in the same boat at the moment because they both, uh, well, you know, I guess you're already back in the water after your leg injury. Uh, Casey's still kind of laid up. Is that right, Pete? You can call them the Bopsy twins. Okay. They, maybe they do. I don't know. Is that right? Uh, what do you bop think? Bop him. 
Okay, you're going to whack uh, Jerry the Diver Guy for this commentary. Yeah, right. I'm going to fin him upside the head. Okay, well, there's uh, there's that. Uh, but, Pete, you're back in the water diving already, correct? I am back in the water. I, I just uh, did an open water dive over one of my favorite places, Troy Springs, Yeah, that has the wreck of the Madison, the Confederate wreck, you know, uh, from back in the closing days of the war between states how about that well that's kind of cool i mean uh how intact is that wreck by the way I, i'm not familiar with it you you get to see the outline of it and it's got the wood still poking up the 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 braces yeah um that formed the side it was a paddle wheeler so it was a flat bottom boat hmm. um it's just really cool to be able to go and see something that old and think sure. about how you deep know, is that wreck? Yeah, how deep is Troy Springs for that particular uh, You have rack? to be Trimix certified because it's almost ah. six feet deep. It's almost six feet? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? It's very shallow. No, oh, it's okay. It's very shallow. So he was road kidding. Trip. You got to have a radio road trip. It sounds like something we're seeing, but, but a lot of the wood is still intact even after all these years. Yeah, and it's hard. You know, it's not like it's soft and rotty. Hmm. Uh, you know, wrecks out in the ocean are attacked by worms and all this other stuff right i believe most of the breakage that happened here was from boats running into it hmm. you know and snapping it off so it got closer and closer to the bottom but the stuff that's there now i think is going to be there another hundred years really but i mean does it actually still look like a boat or does it just look oh, like yeah, a bunch of wood panels yeah huh well you know i mean it's not a there's no sides to it. Like I say, boats have gone over it. It's in a navigable part of the Swanee. When they sunk okay. it, they were trying to stop the uh, the Yankees from getting to the water at Troy Springs. They're trying to stop them from getting the boat, for one, mm-hmm. but also hey. stop them from getting to the fresh water. I see. Okay. Well, yeah. Have you even heard about that wreck, Casey? Or, uh, yeah, I've or, heard about it. I've yeah. never had a chance to dive it because I'm over on the west coast that's more east coast stuff well no it's not it's northwest isn't it up there by ocala yeah and we're stuff? on the west side of the state we're in swanee county oh okay okay i'm sorry i was thinking more st john's for some reason no it's right off the swanee county i live well, up in no Cape but country. i'm saying greg we need a road trip we haven't done a scuba radio road trip in a while i'm hip and, and you know that i have not done that dive. i don't even think no, i've ever no, even casey, been you can't walk casey can't walk well, he that's true. Access. Right. He, he, uh, Weightless in the water is completely different than weighted on the land, Jerry. You should know that. Oh Well, are you ready then, Casey? Are you ready to get back in the water and, and perform uh, scuba uh, therapy to get Friday, your leg in shape? Yeah, uh, Friday coming up, I go in to get the cast off and start physical therapy. So okay. I'll be ready in here in a couple of weeks. Well, physical Casey? therapy or scuba therapy, which might be scuba uh, better. Scuba therapy yeah. is always my preference. Yeah. Casey, I had a a surgery on my Achilles heel that uh, there was a bone spur that perforated. They had to go in there, take the bone spur off and take the Achilles off, put it back on after they took the bone spur out. Mm. And uh, as soon as I had my cast off, uh, they started me with physical therapy and I didn't go. Instead, I went down to uh, the Springs. I think the first one was at the um, devil's den. Really? And I yeah. got in the water, just very careful not to bend that ankle, not to do anything that might hurt it. I walked down into the water. They have that little basin. Yeah. It's off yeah, the side. It's a crappy little area. basin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, anyway, I got in there and I swam. And after my, my 
whole thing felt so much stronger that every day I either got into a pool and had fins on, yeah, or I got into a spring with fins on. I wasn't ready for a boat, and I kicked. And at the end of it, the doctor said, I should be yelling at you for not doing the physical therapy and all that stuff. He says, but I've never had a patient not have any atrophy, which is, you know, where the, the muscle gets smaller. He yeah. says, both legs are the same. They look great. And uh, actually, about a year later, I broke the other Achilles tendon. Jeez. And, uh, you know, same doctor, same thing. He says, okay, I'm not going to give you physical therapy. Go, go dive. And I did. Same result. I had no atrophy. And uh, it was awesome. Well, you did your scuba therapy. Uh, and, you I know, did. I mean, the yeah, fact well, that you're weightless was, uh, and the whole thing. Yeah, mine Casey. was a series of five inserts. They had to release the tendon, rebuild the arch tendon, uh, and, and reposition some bone in my foot because of the damage. So I've got like five slices in various places. Jeez, that's just one foot though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you got two of them. So we'll have so. to, the scuba radio squad will have to come up with some really good story about the attack. Well, last week we had a guest on who was the Shearwater Diver of the Week. He just has one leg. So you have no excuse. Uh, whether, like, if one of your legs is out of commission, you can still do it, Casey. Oh, yeah. I can still. I'm, hey, I scallop season starts the 16th. I will be one of the first boats on the water. Oh, it's already open. You can do it. Yeah, okay. You so that's your motive. Your motivation is food. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Scallops, food to be specific. And or drink. Cold beer goes well with scallops. Okay. All right. Well, whatever it takes to get I, them back in the water. I'll, I'll stick at that every day. Yeah. That, that, hey, scallops and cold beer. That's that's pretty strong motivation for anybody. Uh, if you've had them, these Florida scallops are pretty tasty little nuggets of. Uh, you know, I don't know what mollusks. What are they? That's what they are. Yeah, aren't they're they? mollusks. They okay. are mollusks. Yeah. Do you go after those things too, Pete? You're over in that neck yes, of the woods. Yes. Yeah. I have a uh, a plethora of scallop shells in my garden. Okay. And what, what do you use them as, like a border or something, or just decoration as opposed to gnomes? Well, I just thought it looked kind of cool, so I put All out right. scallop shells. I have these line of cedar trees that nothing will grow under, so I just put them around the uh base of the cedar trees start building it up okay you know or you leave them intact now, leave them sight, slightly in- up and think a, an entire indian tribe lived here well okay or you say you keep them slightly intact they could be little uh you know like uh scallop purses or something for there your you gnomes or something i don't know if they do the gnomes need purses i suppose or- you could build a scallop gnome right you could uh, but I guess that's a creative uh, use or a way to repurpose all those uh, scallop shells uh, because you're, anti-peas. you're harvesting them by the gallon or by the bucket load, I guess is what it is, right? Yeah. And so, it's like showing off the fact that you get scallops and they don't. Okay, true. All right. So, uh, so Casey's motivation is scallops and cold beer, and uh, but you expect to be out of your cast in a week or so, you said? Yeah, I'll be out of it this Friday. Okay. And then back in the water shortly thereafter for your scuba back therapy. Back in the water shortly thereafter to get ready for scallop season in July. Yes. And and no at- atrophy uh, because of your scuba therapy. Probably not. Okay. All right. Let's, there is. It will be short-lived. Short-lived. He's not gonna, it's not going to hold him back from those little tasty nuggets. All right. We got more coming up on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. 
you like to talk diving? Greg the Dive Master's all toweled down and ready to take your call now. Call Scuba Radio at 1-888-88-SCUBA. Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top-down at Explorer Ventures Liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explorer Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explorer Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explorer Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explorer Ventures liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had it just doesn't get any better save st kitts turks and caicos the galapagos maldives indonesia humpback whales and the silver banks new destinations and itineraries are being added all the time call one of their talented travel consultants to find the explore ventures liveaboard experience that's just right for you 1-800-322-3577 that's 1-800-322-3577 or visit exploreventures.com that's exploreventures.com Power, simplicity, reliability. It's what you demand of your dive computer. And Shearwater delivers. Shearwater evolved out of one tech diver's need for a reliable, easy-to-use rebreather dive computer and quickly became the tech market leader. Now recreational divers have taken notice. The Shearwater Peregrine is a simple, full-color, multi-gas dive computer. It's also the most economical Shearwater dive computer released to date. Check it out in the entire line at Shearwater.com. Shearwater. Dive computers for demanding divers. Larry, I'm freaking out. Why? Florida spiny lobster season is almost here and we could end up as a diver's dinner. Lenny, you and me are the defending tag team hide-and-seek champions. But they... And even if they do spot us, we're masters of escape. Oh, yeah, Chris Angel? Try escaping the equalizer. Oh, crap. Limit out with the lightweight trigger-operated equalizer lobster snare. Get yours now at Florida Dive Retailers and LobsterLooper.com. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. For all my pals who live in the oceans and the seas With bronze like these Well, who needs anatomy? This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. I'm hanging with uh, Jerry the Diver Guy, Casey the Tobacco Nut, and from Glad Scuba Board, here. we also have uh, Pete. So, uh, you know, we got kind of like a mini Scuba Radio Scuba Squad uh, chatting about, I don't know, uh, scallop season, which, you know, just to clarify, uh, it's open in what, Swanee? Uh, the Swanee, Swanee River? Finn Area. Holloway uh, River down to just below where the Swanee okay. uh, lets out. And some other places start opening up on July 1, so like next week. Uh, some are later, too. So check myfwc.com. Right. And they'll tell you where your area is open when. It's a lot of fun. It's like uh, going on an Easter egg hunt with uh, your snorkel and mask. Or if you want to scuba, I guess you could. But it's most of the time, they're in very shallow water. So you just jump off the boat if you have a little flats boat like Casey the Tobacco Nut, and just uh, 
cruise over the yeah, seagrass. Usually in five, six feet of water at yeah. the max. So it's you know, easier just to snorkel. You, you just got to watch out because they'll go for the throat. Yeah, <laughs> they do swim it, sometimes. They look a little intimidating, they but go for the jugular. Yeah, they got multiple eyes, and they'll come after you. Well, let's put it this way: you, you want to snorkel for them, but uh, guys, I wouldn't. I wouldn't snorkel naked if I were you. <laughs> you hear what there I'm saying? Go. Yeah, might sneak and, up and, on you. And when you go, be patient because it's hard to see the first one. And once you see the first one or two, then all of a sudden you'll see. A lot of them. Yeah. But that first one or two, you just haven't gotten your eyes adjusted. Of course, every year it gets easier and easier, but that first one or two, you won't see. Then all of a sudden you go, oh, that's what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah, because you initially you may think it's just a rock on the bottom or tucked away yeah. between some seagrass, and then you're like, hey, wait a minute, that's, that's a scallop. And then when you reach for them, sometimes they do kind of use some kind of water propulsion system and kind of swim a little bit. It's kind of freaky. And uh, they go they, walking across the water. Yeah, they they pulsate a little bit. And can, yeah, if you look at them, you'd think by their opening and closing, they would actually swim the opposite direction than they're going. That's true. They're kind of freaky. And and once again, I, as guys, uh, not not advisable to snorkel naked for for scallops. I'm just saying. I've never heard of any specific incidents, but I could see the the potential of a, a problem there. You know what I mean? I don't think I'd do that anywhere along the Gulf Coast. Well, you know, it's Florida, and people do crazy things sometimes. You Those know, but, wacky Europeans are visiting. Well, okay, there's that. Yeah, and as uh, you know, uh, COVID restrictions, you know, subside. No telling what we might get here. Remember how Jerry used to wear his mask? No, I, I blocked that out a long time ago. So uh, we'll just leave that. Uh, lie okay so about adopted that you know yeah scallop season's one thing and uh one thing you could uh consider in florida but you know at the end of the month of july of course we're gonna have uh lobster season opening back up and uh, for a lot of folks this is gonna be the first time they get back in the water or maybe be the only time they get in the water you know some divers are like that and uh haven't been in you know doing that in a while so it's not really maybe for almost a year well exactly and one thing a few years yeah you got to keep in mind is uh your gear's been sitting around if you've had it in a garage or something uh you, you got to get this stuff out and and make sure it's uh operating properly greg one story served. i can i can share with everybody when i had crazy dog scuba was yeah it is not the same thing to hook your regulator up to a tank and go whoosh whoosh a couple times and to put it on go down to 30 or 60 feet in the water and then have it fail correct yeah you don't want to do that checked out you don't want to check it out too late either because the week of the uh leading up to the mini season yeah everybody brings in their regulators and their Mm -hmm. tanks to get vised or hydro and you inundate the uh shop so do yourself a favor take them in tomorrow right take them in monday exactly yeah, you know, get it a good month before you plan to get in the water. Done. Give them some time because you're well, like, that that pool that final After crush. You get it back from them, right? That final crush before many seasons insane for the dive shops in Florida. Well, the um, other thing everybody needs to realize is everybody's short on parts. The dive industry included. So that's what I was getting ready to say. Minute, yeah, and it's overwhelming. And they look at you and say, "I can't get that diaphragm." You're out of luck. Mm-hmm. 
Well, there, I guess there's that too. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the bottom line is just make sure you give yourself plenty of lead time to get your uh, equipment serviced. And yeah, like you said, just hooking it up to a tank and just seeing if it breathes and, and holds air and doesn't leak is really not good enough if it's been setting over six months or more. How many times have all of us, no leaks, jump in the water and that O-ring on the tank blows all the pieces? Happens to all of us. It, it happened to me once. It it actually happened to my uh, Octo, and uh, it wasn't a big problem. It just ruined your day because you know it didn't like it doesn't work. It works, but it just doesn't quit working and drains your tank. Uh, because when ah. they fail, they have a tendency j- to just blow. And then and, and it, people go and move it, thinking that oh, if I move it back and forth, and then it tears, and that really goes like well, okay. Yeah. Maybe- that wasn't the thing to do. Right. It's yeah. time to replace O-rings. There you go. Well, and, and take it to a, you know, a reputable dive shop, which most yes. of them are, and they'll uh, they'll look it over for you and service your your reg system accordingly. So there you go. Nice little public service announcement from our Scuba Radio Scuba Squad. And if you mention Scuba Radio, they'll smack you upside the head. No, oh, yeah. Deal. They'll get you'll get a special deal. They'll charge you double. No, hopefully not. Uh, just tell them we sent you and said hi. That's all. It ain't going to do much for you. Free business card. Yeah, here, okay, that might work. That might be a possibility. All right, look, uh, hour two of the world's first radio show devoted to diving is on deck. Stay close. Just getting started. On the boat and down below, if you want to stay in the know. If you be pressurized there, you'll want to be there on Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Scuba Radio. This seems the logical place for fish to congregate. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past editions of Scuba Radio worldwide over the internet at scubaradio.com. So we're in international waters? Indeed so. Tell a friend and buddy up with your radio every week for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Well, it's all very nice here, but we should be going. I miss me wife and me oxygen. Yes, we all miss our loved ones and gases. Let's go! The opinions you just heard on Scuba Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. Okay, you know, what I just heard? Blah, 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 blah. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. Come on, quit yanking me. Scuba diving does involve risk and should never be conducted without proper instruction and training. Oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could die. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at scubaradio.com.